Folks, if you love Mega like we think you do, do us a small favor. Join the Patreon. It's the number one way to support a small podcast like ours. The year we had was, well, I wouldn't say we didn't get our asses kicked with strikes and podcasting budgets getting slashed. So why not just head over and give it a try? You can do a free trial on Patreon. If that's not in your plan, at the very least, share your favorite episode of Mega with a friend and leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'd love to keep going, and we can't do it without you. Thanks. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community, and it's a treat and it's a treasure. And per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Like Zacchaeus said to Jesus, Hallie, my eyes are up here. How are you? Oh, wow. I'm so blessed. I'm so happy to see you, Gray. And and I want to hear what's happening with you and your kids who come to Climax. Everything is going great, Hallie. Climax is running like clockwork. And even though we're not deists, I've I've just kind of gotten it to the point where I can wind it up and let it go. You know what I mean? Man, that is truly blessed. I was going to ask you... Have you heard of this scandal with the guy who started Hillsong, Brian Houston? Brian Houston. Yeah, you know, I don't love Hillsong music, but I think he's the coolest and he's the, you know, he's the more attractive one of, of all of them. Well, he's under attack uh, from the liberal media because, you know, he tweeted the phrase ladies and girls kissing ladies and girls kissing uh, yeah because he mistook a, a search bar for a tweet and um and w- well that's what the libs would have you believe because oh. i mean this is demonic attack i mean the evil one is using the liberals to try to bring down a good and upright man and oh, so, so so they're saying that he 
tweeted ladies and girls kissing thinking that he was like doing a search or something yeah he he thought it was the search bar but he immediately within i don't know under 10 minutes of tweeting the phrase ladies and girls kissing uh he tweeted something else saying oh my gosh my account was hacked oh good and so you know obviously some evil person got in there hacked his account and made it look like he was just a dittering old fool who doesn't know the internet and accidentally did a search bar looking for gals kissing images and and he accidentally tweeted it and if you're a hacker i mean think about how sophisticated you must be thinking to tweet ladies and girls kissing from his account because you know that could just take him down. Yeah, it's really smart hack. And and, and these really these hackers are smart and they know how to line up all the zeros and ones to be able to, you know, yeah. rule the internet and um so it made it look like he was trying to, you know, get into some um, gal on gal porno, essentially, is what, what the hacker made it look like. Oh. They're just trying to make him look like he's um, well, looking to get off on that kind of <sighs> sordid stuff. Well, and I, I do, don't you remember a few years ago when something similar happened to Steve Halley? Yes. And I, this makes me think of the time when I remember Steve tweeted late in life lesbians big Big knockers knockers. yeah and everyone was going oh my gosh yeah you know did steve do that google that or did steve get hacked Uh uh-huh and typical steve he just came back and he said no i tweeted that and we're all like what yeah and he goes it's a conversation starter Mm -hmm. he wanted people to be talking about that tweet mm-hmm. to come in to hear his message which is the which was on the dangers of the internet remember he yep. did a 16 week series on the dangers of the internet yes it and was called mission improbable mm-hmm, mission it, improbable and it, then he would do it was a great series it was a great series and then they do little improv skits uh-huh. based on you know the dangers of the internet yeah and i don't like improv but i thought it was it was effective and and i thought it was great because you know the comments underneath the tweet, yep. it got so much traction, Hallie. That's right. And the place was packed for, yep. uh, and, and it's hard to pack a place for an improv thing. Yeah, oh. Getting anybody to watch improv. Oh, no joke. And you know what? He got up there as an upright man of God and he owned it. He said, I did tweet that. He wasn't trying to say, oh, no, I didn't or I got hacked or whatever. Although I do believe Byron Houston did get hacked. But uh, he, he said, no, I did that on purpose. And he said, I improvised it. Yeah. And and because guess what? We don't have a script for life. We're all improvising all yep. the time. And I thought that was real cool. And I thought it showed that he's got the guts to get butts in seats in church. And and Steve is controversial. I mean, yep. what are you gonna say? He is gonna he's gonna turn the tables on you when you least expect it. So true. So true. I guess there was that time where Steve had a Facebook post that seemed a little suspect. It was something like, stepmom trapped under bed, but up. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, that time he was definitely hacked. That was a hack. That was a yeah, hack. Yeah. yeah. Well, just 
like the Bible tells us there is a season for all things. There is even a season for laughter, and that gives me pleasure to introduce our guest today, Mr. Aaron Coleman Howell. How you feeling today, Aaron? My ears are burning. I could tell you were talking about me, and I'm feeling great. I'm so excited to be at Twin Hills. Oh, Aaron, seven nights you are here. It has been sold out, and you, I guess we would call you what? A stand-up comedian? I don't know a lot about comedy. I don't really get it, and so maybe we can get into kind of the the theory around comedy, but you are a stand-up comedian, and you've sold out our 10,000-seat uh, church seven, seven straight nights. Isn't that right? It is right, and there's not a lot of areas that I will do seven nights. Normally, I like to do a stadium, get all 70K one night, and move oh, okay. on to the next city, but Twin Hills, oh. you know, I grew up in the area, and it means a lot to me oh. to be able to perform for 70,000 Christian youth, wow. and uh, I'm just, yeah, it's just powerful, and I'm, I'm really sort of looking forward to the fellowship and spending the whole week with you guys. Amazing. A homecoming. Isn't that right? Mm, Yeah, this mm, is so exciting because, you know, they say that laughter is the best medicine. I mean, do you think it's actual medicine? Is there something physiological going on when we laugh? My family has always been sort of stalwartly against all medicine. And so laughter was literally the only medicine we had growing up. Any sort of ailment, chicken pox, broken leg, well, laugh it off. Laugh it off, my dad would say. And we would do the best we could with that. Well, have you started to associate pain with laughter from the way you grew up? Because, you know, we we connect ideas. I mean, I can't see a Little Caesars without thinking of a slumber party mm. and, and some uh, breadsticks and, and red sauce dipping in there. I mean, now when when you hear comedy, does it make you think of like uh, uh, your femur sticking out of your thigh skin and such? Comedy is not, is it's a crutch that has propelled me forward. It is where I find the strength mm. to get myself through anything and to get all of my many fans through whatever it is that ne- they need to get through, yeah. through my jokes and through, you know, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And and I know that like uh, most comics and, and people doing specials and comedy and some such, like th- they're all really sick, right? I mean, there's so few clean Christian I know, comics. I, what, what makes comedians so sick? They are sick. They're very sick. And I know better than anybody because I spent a lot of time amongst the sick. I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with my background, but I, I was in Hollyweird for years really? doing the dance. Oh. oh, so you were a dancer or were you? No, oh, okay. well, no, no. Oh, great. Gotcha. That's a, that's a, just a, a sort of term of expression. I'm sorry. I, I, I doing... don't get comedy sometimes. So I'm a little bit. Okay. Well, then maybe I'll handle the, the descriptions of comedy. Then. Okay. Great. Um, I was playing the game, so to speak. I was really involved in stand-up comedy. I was at the comedy store. I was on the late night shows, but it was a den of avarice and vice and everyone was so sick in the head. And they thought I was just one of them until I sort of, had to leave. Yes. Well, I I think I think it's shown. I think God is obviously shining a lot of favor on you for leaving because I've, I I am looking at all the stuff. You know, you've got merch. You've got this new album. Um, is it, I guess it's called uh, Getting Up, which is you up on the cross uh, with the microphone in that's one hand. Awesome. And uh, I think you know, it's pretty cool, right? It yeah. is. That's that's not Photoshop. That is my abs. I really? I had a Jesus diet. Yep. Yep, I did the Jesus diet for about two months before the shoot. I cut out all cheese, all sugars, and really got down to that sort of Christ-like figure just for the cover shoot. Amazing. Oh, wow. And 
and it's it's obviously paying off. But I I do want to get into what do you think? I, you know, I haven't seen your show yet. I'm, I I do have tickets for for uh, Friday night. Friday is the good one. Friday oh, is always the end good. of the week. There's a lot of fun energy. Oh, oh good. People are ready to pop off a little and bit. And do do you do you riff with the audience? Because some of the the only time I really see funny things on the internet is when these a lot of these stand-up comics are, are kind of riffing and they're going after someone in the audience and they're really taking it to somebody and is that is that the kind of comedy that, that like are you are you gonna go after some people in the audience <laughs> great you said you don't know anything about comedy that is all that i do my oh, friend oh, okay. i go in there so no written material. i've got nothing really uh, well other than the other than the numerous instagram reels and and even back, dating back to vine all the characters that i do i do break those out for about 90 95% of the show, I just rehash characters I've done online. Okay. But that other five <laughs> is asking the crowd, hey, what's going on with you? What are you about? Uh -huh. And just sort of seeing where that will take you. And I got to tell you, that is a part that is a part of the show. I, I mean, I, I have I do remember. I mean, you kind of blew up, I guess, first on on Vine and, and, and then, of course, YouTube and TikTok. But I remember a few of the characters, again, didn't laugh, but I thought they were really interesting, mm. especially especially like when, you know, uh, when you go in the club, uh, you had that one guy who's like, when you go in the club mm -hmm. and Jaws of Clay drops and you, you know, you did kind of that like funny, you kind of did a funny face, I guess. Yes. I, you know, I think yep. explaining yep. internet videos is sometimes a fun way to think about how funny they are. Yeah, I agree as well. And I like to explain it. I would do one. It was just the kid who was chronically late for the bus. And it was just <laughs> oh video after video of me chasing after buses. <laughs> and a lot of times they, they wouldn't know I was filming a thing and they'd stop. And I'd go, no, 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 keep going. I'm filming a thing. Yeah. And it was just sort of a kid late for school, which really is a situation we can all relate to. And that was a big, that was the first viral so to speak. Oh, yes. Cool. So what is the album if you make up every show? I guess like, is that just like, I guess I, I'm, I'm wondering what, is the album just a bunch of the characters or is it just a bunch of riffs? Well, it's not an album. There is no oh. audio. It is just a video special. You oh. cannot actually listen to it. We're not okay. putting it out because my facial expressions is half of the humor. Oh. So it's a lot of, uh, I've been described as aghast at a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> I've been described as uh, just sort of a, what is that type of look? Yeah. And that is what I think most people are responding to. I, I present situations and sort of with my face say, can you even imagine? Oh, that's so cool. Thanks. And I just appreciate it so much that you work clean because I got kids and they like comedy. And I think that most comedians are under the impression that a butthole is funny or a no. genitalia or nope. a sex no. act and stuff. And you you know that, you know, sometimes all it means is falling down a couple of stairs or some such, you know, a pratfall, like good old fashioned stuff that doesn't have to be all, you know, farting in somebody's cake or mouth or something. Totally agree. And, and I, you know, I really know that better than anyone because I spent so much time doing that. Mm. And that is a period of my life that I regret. And that is a period of life that is over for me, mm. rather famously. Okay. And I saw the other side and I saw how easy it was to make money than that. And I think a part of me saw how far I was straying from God. And I thought, it shouldn't be this easy. It shouldn't be this vulgar. Why don't you make it a little bit harder? And why don't you make it a little bit more clean? And since then, that's when it's really tight. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I'm sorry to bring this up, but it, uh, you know, I did when I was Googling you, uh, the, the one headline that came up was rubber-faced ACH. I guess you go by ACH sometimes. I do because Aaron Coleman Howell just is not, it's a little it bit, doesn't yeah. have good phonetics. No. Mm. And I don't know why my father 
allowed my mother to attach her name as well. Mm. Um, but that's for them to decide. And honestly, they don't even talk anymore. So I don't think that's uh, ever going to get worked out. I see. Uh, so rubber faced ACH exposed again, I guess was the, the, the headline that I saw. And then I didn't read the whole article because uh, obviously you're doing great. Yes. But um, I guess it back. had something to do with a Zoom call uh, or something. Here's the thing. When President Trump, 45, descended down the escalator, yes. Yes. he made some famous comments that I think a lot of people rallied around. Now, was I saying anything that he wasn't saying? No. But was I saying it louder and with different adjectives? Absolutely. And was I saying it on a Zoom call mm. with the Hollywood Reporter, which I regret even taking? Yes, I was. Mm. I thought that a lot of people were as excited as I was about the movement. However, that was true in the rest of the country, but not in Hollyweird. And so some of the opinions that I expressed, which 45 expressed as well and still continues to express, were de deemed not suitable for me. And that's when I realized, well, then if these opinions are not suitable for me, perhaps it's time that I shift my opinions. And that's when I talked to my manager, Ari, and he said, Joe Rogan will have a spot for you, but there is um, some redemption to mm. be had in the Christian market as well. Ooh. Right. Yes. And that's when I really opened up my eyes because as you know, I grew up in the Twin Hills area. It was impossible not to have faith around you. And I thought, mm. yeah, that is a market I could probably crack open a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Christians spend money and Christians are a majority, even though we're the most highly oppressed people, Thank you. Uh, you know, globally, but we spend money. I mean, we got God commercials in the Super Bowl. You know, we got Kirk Cameron coming out with his own channel of movies and such. And, you know, we got Jim Caviezel doing stuff for us now. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of money to be made. A lot of money. Tell me about it. There's 10 nights worth of shows of money to be made right in your little town. So yeah, it's fine. Everything's good. I don't need to get the LA buck. I will get the Christian buck everywhere I go. And I'm thankful for it. And I want you to know it's not just about me getting that money. I do donate 10% um, to my manager, Ari. Oh, oh, that's great. Wow. That's, every show that I do. that's great. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You can take that Christian money and feel good about it because you know it doesn't have abortion blood on it nope. or yes. stuff like that. Exactly. And do you think, Aaron, that when it comes to the Christian market, that, you know, are you really able to say, exactly what you've always wanted to say, maybe, that Hollyweird in the lamestream media isn't letting you say. And maybe it's maybe there's a lot of freedom in that. There, You know, I'm finding the freedom to do it because for the most part, I found that Christian audiences really just like the faces, mm. really just like the pointing out and kind of going at sacred cows, so to speak. Yes. Uh, for example, you know, your senior pastor, Steve, oh. I'll go out there and I'm going to do this. Uh, this is a little sneak peek, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be like, hey guys, want to see Steve <laughs> trying to head to work in the morning? Oh. And I, then I pull... I pull my shirt out through my fly. Like I forgot, <laughs> like I forgot that that's sticking out. And I pretend, and in Steve's voice, I'll say, now who's ready to talk about the Bible today? And like, everyone's like, but, and so that, even oh, that, even think of that. It's a transgression, but okay. Steve would love it. And Steve, it's sort oh. of a safe way. It's a, yep, it's a safe. spoonful of sugar yep. yes. to deliver the medicine of yep. the word. And yes. so if you can sort of take these senior pastor figures down a peg by humanizing them, because we're all just humans That's in right. God's glory, cowering, quivering beneath it, just like Steve, just like you or me. Now the kids are really like this guy. <laughs> He's my guy because it is fun to sort of take some shots at people that way. You know, this is an audio medium. But I'm just trying. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out. So, I mean, so you take a shirt mm -hmm. and you're you're putting it 
So you're tucking it in and the- long sleeve button up formal dress shirt. Okay. One one would, I'm would to- use to preach in, okay. for example. Yeah. Tucked into a tight pair of khakis. Okay. Um, I'm usually in a vest, khakis. but that's okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, this is a more sort of formal okay. but not a tie. Not uh, okay. collar open, one button undone, sort of trying to relate to the kids. And what I find is when people are trying to present themselves in this really nice way, such as this aforementioned outfit. To show a little bit of like, uh-oh, there's yeah. a loose thread. He forgot to untuck it from his fly, fly. from his crotch. And, and it's coming out his... kind of looking like a penis. Oh, um, oh, now we're in some wild, now we're in some zany territory. That is zany. And it's not it's it, it's not dirty, is it, Hallie? No. And that's the fun thing is like, you're not saying, hey, look what I'm going to do with this. You know, I'm not going right. to go put it in some place that it shouldn't be. You're just nope. saying, I was trying to get to work. And, and it's Steve, which makes it, you know, Steve... Steve can take a joke, I think, oh, but um, and it's a piece yeah. of fabric. It's you know, a piece it's of not a genital. And I'll tell you what, Aaron. Speaking of transgressions, I mean, just a uh, you're going to have to be on guard now because you know what's going to happen with you as a godly man doing clean comedy. Well, the women are going to start throwing oh, themselves sure. at you, and you know what? They you'll start getting in all kinds of trouble if you date a woman who happens to be under eighteen. You know, sure. people will judge that, not knowing whether or not you know what you might marry her, and that makes it okay. And do you marry the first person that you date? Do you marry them after the first date? You don't. You get to know somebody a little bit. You learn through time whether they're eighteen or not. And so, yes, people are. I mean, I don't want to open up my DMs, guys because you don't have the time, <laughs> but they come in. The messages really? come in, and I do my best to make sure everyone's of age, but I, I meet people where they're at, and if you tell me something, I believe you. Pardon me. That's just how I was raised. I mean, and you take people at face value, and I think that is important. You, you're saying, look, I'm up here. I'm being vulnerable. I'm doing this really truthy comedy, and um, if you're going to come at me, you've also got to be straight up like, like you are. You see in my reactions to things that I am being very truthful. I'm shocked by most things. That is the shtick. And so, yeah, if I'm coming at life that truthfully, I, I think you owe it to me to come at me the same way. That's all I'm asking. And so, I mean, I, I, you're, you're a young guy. Are you, yes. um, yeah, I, and you're not married, I take it, obviously. Not anymore. Oh, not you anymore. were married. I'm oh. sorry. I was. I was married to um, Mary Kate Olson. Again, this is the Holly Weird days. Wow. Briefly. The, briefly. The tw- uh, one of the twins? One is of the twins. Right? Wow. Really? Not Ashley, Mary Kate. And What is her personality married? like? I'm always a bit yeah, confused because they look a bit like... I don't know what it is about them, but they're always together kind of looking like ghosts uh, hiding in a corner. And how did you tell them apart and know you were kissing the right one that you're married and to? And I'm dating twin. I'm dating a twin right now, actually. Oh. This is fun that this is coming up. Yes, great. Because, um, yeah, my my friend, I'm not sure if I mentioned him before, but his name's Clay, Clay Mason Bannerman and I, we had dating uh, some twins there, Tiffer and Mickey. Mm. And sometimes, I mean, their personalities are almost identical. Uh, we can't tell them apart. They wear the same things. And sometimes we're a little bit afraid that there might be a switch or a switcheroo or something. Did, were you ever worried about that with, with Mary Kate? Or I'm sorry, which one Which one did you date? Mary Kate. Mary Kate. But it's so funny you bring that up because Mary Kate and Ashley would have fun. So at the time I was dating Mary Kate, okay. uh, my good friend Dane Cook dating Ashley. Awesome. And we would go out, we would go out together. And you know, we're all in the zeitgeist, it was yeah. a big deal. There's paparazzi. Wow. We're around LA, and wow. famously, Doc 
documented across a like a 10 page spread in variety was Mary Kate and Ashley, these rascals switching scarfs on us because that was the uh, only way we could tell them apart was the scarf. Oh, scarf gate, scarf gate. I remember oh, this scarf gate. Wow, yeah. Dane and I go to the bathroom to smoke cigarettes oh. and we come back thinking, okay, well, this is my date and that's yours. Turns out they had done the old switcheroo. Oh my gosh. And, uh, you know, everyone had a real nice field day with that, but that was the crack. Because I knew that night I could not trust Mary-Kate if she would do something like that to me so publicly. Yeah. What would she even do in private? And then the fallout with the statements that I made. And, and all I have to say about Mary-Kate is I wish her very well. Okay. And uh, she is there for you when you're at the top of mm. the mountain. Uh, She's there for you when you're at the top. And that's all I have to say about well, that. Well, forgive me if this is too personal a question, Erin, but when you were with her, you know, and you would ask her a question and she wanted to answer in the affirmative, did she ever give you a thumbs up and say, you got it, dude? Like, for instance, honey, I was thinking maybe we could have some marital intimacy in the in the marital bed tonight. And she would go, you got it, dude. You know, did that ever happen? Early on, yes, because I asked for it. And uh -huh. she was sort of rolled her eyes and she's like, seriously? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing you do. I'd love to, I go on stage and I do the reactions. It'd be pretty weird if I didn't do that. And, and that's the thing that you do. So I asked her to do it. And I remember, I'll never forget the first time she did it. I She said, you got it, dude. And I went, have mercy. Awesome. <laughs> oh. oh my God. That is, that is so a real low. dream come true. How do you think on your feet like that? <laughs> I think honestly, it's a gift. Wow. It's a gift, and I have learned through time it is God's gift. Yeah, I used to take such credit for it and think, Aaron, no one's ever been this clever, and it's you. You cracked the code. But now I realize none of it's me. Wow. It's him, it's and I'm just delivering the message. And I guess some levity in these heavy, heavy times because of him. Teens who come to climax said that at the end of the show, it, although it was funny and everybody is laughing, that you get really serious at the end. Mm. That you really get down and give you testimony. And they said there were tears. They said there were things that they they they, they didn't even understand really what you were talking about uh, in terms of um, uh, of your past. And I guess, but isn't it so amazing that you are putting that all on? Uh, you know, at the feet of Jesus, where it belongs at the end of your show, where you've just crushed. Look, I've been to hell and back, literally. Oh. And yeah, some people might think it's inappropriate to sort of just hit a group of of 16 year olds whipped into a frenzy over the past hour with the realness of my fall. But I'm not doing it for them in that moment. I'm doing it for the future them. Oh. Maybe they'll understand how I laid myself bare in 20 years when they've been through it. Mm -hmm. Yes, they just want to go. They just want to leave and go out and have a Friday night with their friends. But i that's when I tell them, no, we're not done. Even though the laughter's finished, I still have about 25 to 30 more minutes of just heartfelt, heartfelt agony. Wow. And um, I don't know. I think that is what separates me from all those other Christian comics out there in the world is that I'm, I'm very comfortable with non-laughter. Yes. Mm -hmm. About what's what's the runtime of the show? Runtime is two hours fifteen. Okay, uh, I've got it pretty dialed in. Any intermission? In. Nope, no really intermission. Um, but there is a meet and greet that's a forty-five minute meet and greet beforehand, and then for the VIPs, the extreme VIPs, there's another post-show hang. Oh, yes. okay. um, and that's sort of like a lock-in. Oh, where we do uh, laser tag and and uh, various jump roping games. Me with the kids till about four or five, six in the morning. 
uh, when their parents come pick them up the next day. Very cool. And I see that, you know, people can pay extra for the laying on of hands package where you will, you know, sit with these young kids and lay hands on them with, I'm mm-hmm. assuming with prayer. Is that just personal prayer or how do you do that? Their preference, oh, their cool. preference, hundred percent, whatever they're sort of open to and whatever their age is appropriate for, I'm there for it. Uh, so yeah, we don't really like to write out what happens during that time, but everyone seems to enjoy it for sure. And I really look forward to it. And it is sort of the post-show come down that I, I need. Yes. Yeah. Where do you get the energy after a two and a half yeah, hour where, show? How, how do these comedians night? have so much energy? I've always wondered. Yeah. Just well, like energy. for me, you know, a lifetime of no medicine mm. uh, except mm. laughter has sort of led me to embracing medicine. Oh, and okay. I have a doctor who has prescribed a litany of very, you know, necessary medications that keep me going and keep me delivering the word and, and making them all laugh. And so I I am, you know, I do have a pill regimen that I take before and that sort of just propels me almost to, to dawn. Wow. If I take them, if the show starts at six and I take them at four, I'm good till about, 6 a.m. Wow. wow. Well, as long as it's a litany, I'm, I am I think that sounds good. Yeah. Now, also forgive me if this is too personal a question, Aaron, but did you ever get to meet Bob Saget? Because I hear <sighs> he works clean. <laughs> you know, RIP Bob, uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, Hallie. He, he was actually quite the opposite. Very, oh, no. very dirty comedian. Is and I met right? him through Mary Kate. Oh, really? uh, we did shows together because back then we were super simpatico. Oh. Um, but I could see there was a yearning in him uh-huh. for more mm-hmm. because I could. it was empty. The laughs we were getting, they were loud. They were dangerous, but they were empty because at the end of the night, you went home and you were like, I just spewed filth. Oh. And I just went with the easy blue stuff. Oh. And is that my legacy? That's what I'm going to hang my hat on. And I could see that Bob was probably leaning that way, but oh, I just... He never had the time to sort of write the ship, you know? Wow. Yeah, well, he seemed like such a good dad. I mean, I know. How does that even, outstanding it, guy. And that is, that's television. You know, oh. I mean, that's completely fake. That's just fake. That was a script right. he was reading. Really? Um, okay. It's I not thought real. some of that was even improv. I mean, I don't like no, improv. No, but I thought, okay. no, it was all very, very fake. Really? Um, even, really? even the uh, you got it dude was a line that was written for Mary Kate. And, really? I, and I thought the same. I thought, oh, you came up with that on set. Mm. That's you bleeding into the show. Not at all. Really? They had a team of writers, the producers. Everything was very vetted. I, yeah, I was I was shocked too. Now, what about Dave Coulier? Because I did you ever get to meet him? Because I just thought he was so funny, so funny. And he what, what happened to him? I mean, it's just like he went. I'm like, this is the this is the breakout star of the show, and he's just not. He, wait, 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 where the heck is he? I mean, it's so funny you bring up Coulier because that is the reason I got into stand up comedy. Really? I, I remember. I absolutely. I remember the Star Search episode where uncle joey goes on star search he wins they have him come back and he loses and he has a crisis of faith and he stops doing comedy and he becomes a businessman and he has a poster of lee iacocca on the wall and it was a very funny turn for that character but it was also very sad because he had lost his spark and then through the in the over the course of the half hour they got uncle joey back into comedy because much like me, they realized that is the gift that he had to share with everyone. And I saw that and I said, comedy, that's what I need to do. I need to be like Uncle Joey. And it's just the main regret in my career, besides everything that happened in Hollywood, was that Star Search isn't around anymore and I can't do it. Yeah, that is definitely, yeah. So yeah, I guess that's your number two regret? No, no, it's my second regret. Okay. It's my second of, of, but uh, there are only two. And so that it's the, um, 
bleak 17 first years of my career mm. that were thrown away through some stupid things that I said. Uh-huh. One interview and uh, not being able to go on Star Search. Those are oh. the two big regrets that I And now I, I t- you know, I've tried to find any information I can about Dave Coulier. Mm. And as far as I can tell from his Instagram, it's like, I think he's into some kind of like bare knuckle boxing or something, MMA. It just seems like he's totally gone off the deep end. Well, listen, if you lost Alanis Morissette, you'd lose your mind as well. Uh, Did they were together? Whoa. Oh, you ought to know they were together. Oh, how ironic. <laughs> wow. I, you, might I ask you, Aaron, about Uncle Jesse and if you met him? Because I really feel like God may, I know God doesn't make mistakes, but Boy, did he have to make uh, that actor, uh, you know, so attractive to Stamos. ladies. In f- yeah, in fact, I wondered, like, is he kind of one of those fellas that makes guys gay? Because he's kind of pretty, isn't he? You know, Stamos would hang around the comedy store during the sort of dark years of the store, and he made a lot of guys gay. Is that and right? I can say that firsthand. Really? I saw it firsthand in the green room. Oh. And I don't want to spill the tea, as they say. But yeah, I mean, Stamos would come in post-shoot. Leather pants, hanging in the green room, kind of grab-assing with the boys a little bit. And, you know, some of those people in Hollywood are very easily tempted and seemed like Stamos was kind of there to lead him down that path. I don't know if through his fault of his own or just sort of the natural charisma he exuded, but many a comedian left with Stamos that night. And I can't say what they did. But certainly there was there were uh, evenings. Well, I, I don't see it, honestly, guy. Allie, and I'm sorry. Oh, I've really? just got to interject here because I just don't – I never saw what oh, people – beautiful man. Oh, I just don't see his it at all. He looks so eyelashes. small and he's like he's like one of those – he's like a miniature he sort of uh, Tom Thumb kind of guy. Nice. He seems like maybe four feet tall, but all his proportions sexual. are – you know, I just don't see it. Sorry. ACH, Aaron Coleman Howell was played by the lovely Adam Caton Holland. Follow him at Caton Holland. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie LeBont, and Grey House was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.